You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2022 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Heavenly Father, I do thank you so much for this beautiful camp meeting we've had, uh, the spiritual feast, all the blessings we've had from the different messages and the way your spirit has worked through the different speakers, and Lord, on our own hearts, just individually, and I ask this morning it would be no different as we are preparing for the Sabbath day. We pray that you would prepare our hearts as we try to prepare everything else um, physically. And Lord, I ask for a special outpouring of your spirit on this closing weekend of camp meeting. Bless this time we have this morning as we're looking for ways to reach more souls for your kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and of course, I lost it again. Well, part of that's because I'm on battery power. My computer's trying to help me. All right, now, I, what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to start out kind of where we left off yesterday, looking at the website. I want to briefly take you through what happens when a person goes to Bible study offer and signs up for Bible studies. And then we're going to go into the coordinator side of things briefly, I'm going to show you that the coordinator side of things, I mean, one of the challenges we have is it's we're still working through some stuff, and I'll show you that as we go through, and what I'm probably going to do when I get to that, in fact, when I do this whole part, I'm probably just going to sit down and use my pointer for the screen, otherwise there's going to be a block of people that are like, okay, wait, what are you, and trying to see you on the website, so I just want you to see, now this is, this is the new website, so I'm going to sit down here. And I'm going to take you through, oh, before I do that, though, before I do that, lest I forget, most of you are familiar or should be with the Discipleship Handbook. If you don't have a copy of this book, you need a copy of this book. Incidentally, I'm not saying that because Pastor Cameron and I had a part in writing it, which we did. But this is, this is a resource on in, originally intended to help disciple new members into the church, but we have had a lot of members who go through this book and say this has affirmed me in my Adventist faith. So if you haven't, don't have a copy of that, I checked at the ABC this morning. They are over there. This is over there. What? This is the updated one when we started the Bible study handbook or the discipleship handbook rather in uh, Bible study handbook is the one we're working on. That's going to be super exciting. But uh, so is this one. But uh, the, when it my brother went to the General Conference, he took this resource, and you'll notice it's published by the Review now, and this is a General Conference resource now. So this is no longer a Michigan Conference thing, this is from the GC, but it's for the most part the same with some minor edits. Now, the next book we released in the series, back to the Discipleship Handbook. Is the new edition a lot different? It's not a lot different, but one nice thing about it is that we used to have the Mentor's Guide as a separate book. The problem with that is people missed the point. You don't disciple a person by giving them a book. Jesus didn't give his disciples the scrolls and say, read those things, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and if you have any questions, you can know where to find me. He was with them. And so the mentor's guide now is part of the book. So I like that feature, but it, it is the same. Now, this is another resource that we released. When was this, Cameron? It wasn't, I don't know, in the last, within the last year. It's called Spread the Word. And this goes over ways that you can work in your local church 
to spread the word. It has an excellent opening section on just the foundation of witnessing as individuals. And then it goes into how, you know, just real practical ways on how to sow the gospel seed, how to share with friends. That's a chapter, sharing faith with friends. Um, there's a section on distributing literature. There's a section on sharing media. And then there's a section on doing house-to-house visitation, which we talked about the other day. So that's in Spread the Word. If you don't have that, it's at the Adventist Book Center. And I did check that this morning. So they have the plenty of them over there. And then the Fundamentals of Faith. These are all in that series. This is a book we've used when we, if I'm giving Bible studies, doing an evangelic series or whatever, and I'm preparing somebody for baptism, I use this resource. This is a great resource that goes to our fundamental beliefs, but not quite as... I mean, yeah, I mean, are you going to give the book 28... And I know people have said, oh, I read the 28 Fundamentals before I came in the Adventist Church. Great, but not a lot of people do that. This big, thick book, and it's like, here, read this. This summarizes things, gives us the Bible text, and the nice thing is it has little check boxes beside each thing, and when I'm preparing a person for baptism, I have them review this, and I say, put a check box by anything that you're confused about. Or some people do it different. They say, put a check box on everything you're not confused about, but then very quickly... I know the kind of things they still have questions on that I need to cover before they... Anyway, this is also at the Evidence Book Center. So just wanted to refer, um, let you know about those resources. Now let's talk about the website a little bit. i got to get this back on here. And we are looking at the website that's going to be going live on the 23rd, 24th. It'll be okay, because I should be on it right now. All right, so... um, Now, there are some things that we are still working on changing. For example, when you go to the website, this is what you see. And you've got your basically your study options up here and your FAQs. That's all there is to it. Uh, These need to be, the underline should match the colors down here. So there's different colors for the request offer, and you've got the little highlight effect when you go to it. But we're offering three main kinds of studies. And we've already talked to you about that. We still work with the It Is Written Bible studies, the Landmarks of Prophecy studies, and now the My Place with Jesus studies from It Is Written. Those are our children's studies. But we haven't listed the name of the studies so that local churches have the option to change the studies they use if they want to use something else. We're just trying to make it more user-friendly for the local church. I'll tell you why in a minute. So when a person comes on to BibleStudyOffer.com, because they've seen a billboard, they've seen a logo... They scroll down here, and they can sign up for one of these study options. So let's say they want topical studies. So they click on topical. Incidentally, I probably should go back there and show you what's below that. There's not a lot below, but it does have the text that you have in the back of your T-shirts. This video that we're working on making an updated version. And then your FAQ, which if you were up here and clicked on FAQ, it just takes you... It should take you, and it didn't. So those are the kind of fun things that you get to do before you launch a website down here. And you've got the commonly asked questions, frequently asked questions. And then below that, you just have... So really, the bulk of what you're dealing with on the homepage is your study options. So I saw the billboard. I'm going to request an offer. I go here to the topical study. Gives me a brief description. And then it gives me this option. Do I want to study it on my own or study with a coach? You know what? I think I'd like to study with the coach, so I'm going to click that. And I went through this yesterday and filled one of these out, and I forget all the bogus information I put in it. 
um, which I'll show you in a minute. Um, but basically, you fill out all your information and you put in request your offer. And as soon as a person does that, what's going to happen is there's an offer code here. Now, each church that registers, and most of you know this, as a Bible study offer church will have an offer code associated with their church. So, for example, if I have an offer code on a card, say my offer code is, you know, AA123, is there a little example there? So I put, you know, and I, and, I and I took a little card and I left it in, like, the middle of Missouri. And the person puts the offer code, you know where that request is going to go? You go to my church in Grand Ledge, Michigan, because that offer code, okay? Now, if there isn't an offer code, what it's going to do is it's going to look for the nearest church. It's going to geolocate to the nearest church to that person. And if there is not a participating BSO church to, with that person, then it will revert to a mail study. So no matter where a person is, if they get onto BSO, if they find it online, they're going to get Bible studies. Uh, but the purpose is for your local church to be able to generate Bible studies. So if they don't put a code in there or if they put your offer code, if you didn't have the offer code but it was still in your area and you did a mailing, it's going to geolocate and that, that, is, that request is going to be redirected to your church. So that's, that's all there is to the front side of the site. So let's talk about what happens when you go into... The back part of the website, I'm going to go down here. Now, I'm logged in as me. And what that means is I have more permissions than you have uh, because I'm a what they call a supervisor. Now, we're still working on the permissions thing. In other words, every person who logs in, let's say, how many coordinators do we have in local churches here? As a coordinator, you're going to, and you would expect this, you're going to be able to change things in Bible study offer that one of your study leaders won't change. Uh, there are certain things, if you work enough with computers, there are certain things you don't want other people who don't know much about the system to change. And then you lose all your information. So we don't want that to happen, so there are different permissions. Now, I have supervisor permissions, so what I'm going to do here, I think I'm, I'm logged in as me. I, well, that's what it says. So... Um, I need to go to my dashboard, and you're not going to have any of this. So one thing that's interesting here that I have as a supervisor, and we have yet to discuss this, because you're not going to have this as a coordinator, but I'm thinking in some ways it'd be nice to have some of this as a coordinator. This is interesting statistical information, so I can know at a glance how many active churches we have, how many dormant churches we have, uh, how many have not been assigned to active or dormant, or, no, 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 that's total churches in, that, so not all of our churches in Michigan or not quite sure why that's 457. I haven't gone through the numbers yet. Shows me my study request. How many are active? How many have been baptized? How many are inactive? And, and all of that information is going to be whatever you've recorded. In other words, if you had people baptized and never recorded it in here, nobody's going to know that. So I can know that from a conference standpoint. Now, this is interesting. Here's our study request. Back in June, July, August, we had a, a peak here in 2021. You see our study requests are way down. Well, one of the reasons is we stopped doing our Google advertising a little while ago, getting ready for the relaunch, and some things weren't where we wanted them, and so, and obviously the study went, the study uh, requests went down. Um, when we relaunch, we're actually going to 
increase our advertising. We're looking into more social advertising options that are intended to generate. So before we were getting somewhere between, here's between 45 and at a peak here, 75 study requests um, on average in a month. I think that's going to go up. And that may, that may only amount to, you know, two to five per church. But two to five people to run on for a church that isn't running on interest could be a lot. So anyway, we, Cameron talked to you yesterday about the importance of having your team together. But these are all statistics that you can see real, that I can see real quick. And we're working on permissions. And I think that's a permission. How many of you as coordinators would say, that'd be handy for me to have if I want to try to share things with my church? Okay. So anyway, those are things we're still working on. Now, what I'm going to do is I can go to users in my account here. And I can see all the users in Michigan, and I can sort them. So you'll have at the top of all of these pages, and don't worry, you're not going to get all this now and remember it. You're not going to need to. Okay? They're, as they're building the site and we're refining these things, they're actually going to have a written manual on how to use this, which we haven't had before. And Pastor Cameron and I are going to be doing training videos on how to do this stuff. So you can go back and review them. So you're not going to remember everything now. I just want you to get a general idea of what's going on. And again, this is an interface that you're not going to be using. What I'm going to do is I'm going to find a church coordinator. And I'm going to go down here, and that, that filters. And at the top of, you'll see this at the top of the pages you can access, that you usually will have a filter feature at the top. So I filter this out, and that gives me my test coordinator. What I can do is I can masquerade as... Let's say you're this test coordinator. Now I'm masquerading as you. It almost sounds dishonest, doesn't it? But let's say you're having a problem as a coordinator with the website and you don't know why it's doing this glitchy stuff. I can actually go in as you to find out what's going on. So this helps us immensely and helps you immensely ultimately. So now I'm logged in as you. Now when I log in as you, there's the front page. And when you log in, you'll have the front page access. And when you go down to the bottom, as Cameron showed the other day, way down here and hit coordinator login, this brings up what you see. Now, you'll, I don't know if you noticed, but on, on uh, my login, I had a whole list of stuff down here that you don't have. You don't need it because you've got your church. And typically, you know, the first thing up here is my churches. You click on my churches. Well, most of you are only going to be coordinated for one church. I can't think of too many options. Even a pastor, I mean, if a pastor was listed as a coordinator, he might have multiple churches. But we recommend the pastor as somebody else as his coordinator. And, and, but at any rate, so you're the coordinator. You get in, and here's your church. Now, when you click on my churches, that's all you're going to have is the churches that you're registered with, and it's one church. And incidentally, today you're in the Allegheny East Conference. So... Although you're in Bay City, Michigan, and I don't think Allegheny East has any churches in Bay City, but I'll, of course this is all sample stuff. So I'm going to click on my test church, and when I do that, I'm going to have a list of options here. And so what I'm going to do for the bulk of our time here is I want to explain to you these options, and so you have access to these things up on top, right? I'm showing you with my mouse, so I better use my pointer there. You've got these options on top, and one thing I don't like already is I'm in the My Churches tab, and I have no way of knowing that. See, it says test where in the world am I? So this should be highlighted. You know, usually you go on a website and it highlights where you are. So those are things we've got to, to fix. So I'm under My Churches, 
and I've only got the, the one church. If I have multiple churches, I could get back in there. And when I go into my church, what it does is it gives me a, an overview of what's in there. If I, you know, if, if that information is incorrect, I'm not sure that I can change it in there. You can edit most things, but some things that are not editable, this is what we're going to run into, and we're going to need your help with this over time. Like, what just happened? If, if you have a, something that you can't edit, that means we have to edit it. And there may be things that we decide, you know what, you need to be able to edit that, and we can fix that. Uh, one of the things that we've mentioned, and I don't know if it came clear before, but I, I'll say it again. Up until now, you know, when Bible Study Offer started, we had a person do the website, and we're very thankful for the work he did on it, but he freelanced it. And since he started freelancing the Bible Study Offer site, he decided to go to Thailand as a missionary and not have as much time on the site. And when you've got something like this going, you need to have the ability to respond. So we've had members say, hey, I can't do this or that, and then we would try to get a hold of this person, and he's in a different time zone, and then we couldn't get a hold of him. And we always had to go through my brother Jim because he was the one who contacted them, and it just became... So I'm saying that to say going forward, you're going to have a lot more support for issues that come up, and we'll be able to rectify those very quickly. So if there is something in here like that needs to be changed. It looks like currently we have to change church information. Now, what I have next is study requests. This shows me all the study requests I've had for my church. And again, this is a sample. When, we, when this goes live, it's going to import all your current information. So you're not going to lose your current requests. It will just be in this format. So I have all the study requests, and I can sort by any one of these things. Who's the study leader is, what the date, the date they were visited, uh, the study option they request, whatever's in there. I can edit any of these individuals. So let's click on edit on Joe Smith over here. Now I've noticed right away I can't edit the name and information evidently that he signed up with. But I can edit the study options, when he was visited, etc. Um, not that that's the way that you're going to do it. I'm just showing you the that edit part of things. Let's get back to, okay, so I, this is if I clicked on Joe Smith, and I'm still trying to figure out what the best route here. Okay, Joe Smith. If I click on Joe Smith instead of the edit, it shows me a little map of where Joe Smith lives, which is helpful, gives me the information on Joe Smith. What happens if I click edit here? Probably takes me back to that, it does. It takes me back to that same page that I was on before, so there's multiple ways of getting it. Um, and, and I can get at a glance here that Joe Smith, you know, where he came from and everything else, and then his progress. Now he's learned lesson, uh, learned two lessons out of nine. Not quite sure where that came from. I just entered those two lessons last night, so this is, this is I'm, what I'm saying, I guess, is we're still working on this, but when we do launch it, it's going to track. I don't know if learned is the best thing, because let's say, for example, I dropped off two lessons to Joe. That doesn't mean he learned two lessons yet. And so if a coordinator is looking at that, they're like, I'm going to take lesson three. Well, hold on a minute. Joe might not have completed lesson two. So we need a way of tracking that. But those are little details that we're working on. Um, the reason that it says 
we've got two lessons is because I went to Joe Smith and I went into visitation. So let me go back to that from a different screen. Now I got to that screen from, well, I guess I have to go the same way. I just got to get back here. When I went to, now remember we're on, oops, we're on study requests down here. Incidentally, study requests up here and here are the very same thing. These items are not the same as these down here, but these two are the same. We're going to streamline that so it's not confusing. Yes? Um, in, the, in the other city offer, you can select just the current. Yes. So here, so, okay, I, I click on study requests, and then right here, status. If I do that, the new, active, inactive. Now, of course, I have to have recorded that <laughs> because... If the local church keeps track, so I'm going to make people active or inactive. The new ones are automatically going to be new. But when you categorize them, then I can sort by any number of these. And so he's like, i got to see what he is because I don't want to lose him. I'll go to active and apply, and then that lists my active ones. And right now I just have Joe. If I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong about this, but up here if you say active, it'll only show you the active. Yes. Ones. If, however, you sort them... You can sort by active first, and then you see yeah. all of them, but it'll compile the active ones first, and then something like that. So okay. instead of only seeing the active ones, it'll just... So if I click on any, what Cameron's saying is I've click on any, and I've got to apply that, and I've got all my... Then I can um, sort by status. And you so... You still see the whole list, but you only have the active ones at the top of them. Yeah, and, and notice John Smith is blank, and so it put him at the top, and at any rate, yes, you'll be able to sort those options. You just click. You just click. I, if, I, if I click on distance, it sorts by distance. And that's closest to farthest. And I can click it again and see the arrow change. Okay, so anyway, I don't want to get in too much into the weeds on this right now. These are things that... But I want you to get the general idea. So I'm going to go back to Joe Smith. So I went to Joe Smith, and I want to record a visit for Joe Smith. I just visited Joe Smith. So I just did this yesterday, and... Um, let's say we visit Joe Smith today. I'm going to add a visitation. These are ones that have been completed, and I drop these lessons off. Okay? I'm going to add a visitation. And we're going to visit Joe Smith today. I just visited Joe Smith today, and I took him. Now, um, there are different, like, there's this drop down, and I can see this could become cumbersome because we don't have all the studies listed. I just added these last night, and it, we don't have the landmarks that it is written. You can imagine I'm scrolling, 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 so I'm, I, I, there's got to be a... Anyway, we're going to make that, try to make that simple. I visited Joe, and there's number three in the series, and I dropped that study off to him. And I can make a little... And my visitation status, I say completed. Attempted, he wasn't home. Let's just say attempted. Joe wasn't home. I wanted to take lesson three to him. He wasn't home. I can make a note here. Um, I won't for the sake of time and save that. And now there's my visit. I attempted a visit. It's right there under Joe Smith when I look at my interests. Okay? So let me get back to our... I think it's Me too. So we're going to work on those kinds of things. So, But that's the general idea. So here I am. As a coordinator, I can record those. But if I'm a study leader, I can also get in, and I can also do the same thing on my phone. I can log in. I'm going to have fewer options. 
And I can, if I just visited Joe, I can make that update on my phone so I don't have to send it to the coordinator, give the coordinator a crumbled up, handwritten, scribbly note, and, and then it goes immediately into the system so we know where Joe is on that um, study, on any of our study interests. So here are our study interests, our study requests. Those are all our people, and I can go in and make changes there. And I can also view them this is kind of interesting. I can view them by map. And so I can see all my study interests on the map, which I have two active ones listed. If I have 10 interests, I can see where they are. We're in Kansas City now. I don't know. <laughs> but this will all be, you get the idea. Now, the next little tab here is members. This is church members that are signed up with Bible Study Offer. And you'll notice there's one at the top called Conference Manager. This is for leaders in the conference who might want to have a view at what's going on in the conference. So there have, it's almost more like an observation mode versus them getting in and changing anything. This is just a conference official wants to be able to report on what's going on in their conference, and so we've given them access. Everybody has different permissions. The main ones you're going to see in a local church are study leader and coordinator. Your study leader has less ability to change things than you as coordinator. Now, I, I've noticed that I can't edit this now, and we've already talked to them. Our idea is that you at the local level will be able to edit this so you can add as many coordinators and study leaders as you need to. Because, you know, oftentimes a local church, if, you know, one study leader says, well, I need somebody else to have access, and then you've got to contact us, and then we've got to put it in there. And part of the idea was that you'd be, you have a new person in the church that says, hey, I'm willing to go on Bible study offer visits. Well, now you've got to call us and give us the information, and we have to add them, or you can just add them yourself. So that's not, it should have, on my screen, I can have add a member, but you don't have that yet. And so we're going to change that permission. But that's, so members deals with all the people in your church that have been set up to be a leader. And let's say, you know, Sarah Robinson, this is a test anyway, so she'll forgive me. Oh, I'm not authorized. You can't delete them. See, currently you can't do this, but we want to change that. So basically then in your church, you know, this person isn't a study leader anymore, so you delete them. And you can keep your list up to date on who in your church is working with the Bible study offer. Now, this is real clunky right now, so, but I'm just going to show you real quick. Just understand it's going to change. Lesson series and lessons. We've told you that you can use whatever lessons you want. So I added, just for sake of example, I added Mark Finley's um, Search for Certainty series. I love those lessons. I added them in. I went to Lesson Series, and you can say Add Lesson Series. So I added Search for Certainty, and when it, so when you do this, and incidentally, when I added it, it told me that it didn't add, but it showed up. So that's why I don't want to go through this right now. It's not working the way it's supposed to, but I'm telling you how it will be working. <laughs> um, so I put the title in, and then I went to the website, and I just copied their description and put it in. But if I'm using a different... So you're going to have default Bible studies for the It Is Written studies, the Landmarks of Prophecy. They're already going to be in there, the My Place with Jesus. But if you wanted to add another study series, you put whatever you want to call it, you don't have to use the official title, if you're, but this is your church saying, these, we're going to use these studies. You put in your description, 
So I'll go back and show you what I did there. That's what I did. I copied and put this in. And I can edit it at any time if I want. And so I added this search for certainty series. Now I have to go over here to add the lessons in the series. And I don't know why, ironically, so what I did is I added lessons. I clicked add a lesson. I put the name of the lesson. There are no numbers. You can number them, and we talked about this a little bit. We're still working through it. But they didn't, you know, when, when they configured the site, they didn't put numbers, and I'll show you in a minute. You can arrange them in the order you want, and that's kind of the reason that if you want to do a different, not that you do that often, but sometimes you might, what if you skip a study in the series and you say, we're just going to do this one? Well, it just gives you that option. Okay, so I entered the, the lesson title, and I click Save, and it told me it didn't save. But when I went back to lesson series, or went back to I showed you Joe, we dropped off lesson three of the lesson that didn't save. That, that name, whatever we called it, what was it called today, our, our Day in Prophecy, or whichever one I just assigned to my visit, I added that last night. So what's going to happen is it should show up under here, all the lessons you've added. And then you can edit your lesson. Uh, so th th this whole thing here, you know, you've got your overview of your church. These are your study requests. These are your church members. This is where you add lessons. Once your lessons are added, you're never going to touch this again until you, if, unless you decide to add another lesson series. You're going to be using the same lesson series. So you're not going to be in this a whole lot. This is an initial setup, and I want to add all this, you know, the new study series we're going to use. Or you may not touch it at all because you're using it as written in Landmarks of Prophecy. Janice? You're already going to have the Landmarks of Prophecy that you use before. Yes. Yes. But this will be simpler going forward, and we'll have tutorials. But I just want you to understand that these are things that you're really not going to be using a whole lot. And then orders, this just tells you what your past orders are. And this church has made two orders of a, and it, and it should say what the order is there. It just says completed. And these are intro packs or starter packs, rather. And then it says your access is denied. So it shouldn't be denied. You should be able to get into that. Um, and what all that does is when you click on that, it shows you your order and you can print off an invoice. So whatever you ordered, it will be there. And I just apologize that it's not working now, but we're, as you... We've told you we're still working on this. So this whole line here, once, when you click, this is all under my churches, which should be highlighted like that the whole time, you know. When I click on test church, that still should be highlighted. So you have the overview. You can see all your study requests. But this is kind of where you assign members and your studies. And once that's set, it's going to be pretty well set for you. And then you can go back and look up your order. If you go up here to study requests, you're going to see the same thing you saw down here in the study request scene. Uh, and, and in many, most cases where you get in here as a coordinator, this is where you're going to be up here. The My Church is part, you'll probably just go up here, study request. Check out, I have no idea why they called it that. This should be called catalog. <laughs> this is where all the resources are. So you go through, now right now that just lists, you know, there's all the landmark studies, scroll, 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 DVDs, it is written studies. Now you can... Click up here and filter by the type. I can go just study guides, and I can click filter, and that filters out to study guides. Um, but we, I would still like to have just a quick keys up here where you just landmark studies, and so you can order your, this is where you order the materials. We're just working to make it more streamlined. 
okay? But that's, I don't know why it's called checkout. This is where you order your Bible study offer materials. Will be called store. See, it, it might be called store, I don't know, whatever makes the most sense. Um, because then there's resources, and resources are those downloadable free things you don't have to order from the store. And so currently in resources, we have old resources in there. There's the old training manual. We're going to have a new training manual. You have um, the Landmarks of Prophecy info sheet, which honestly, I don't, and see, you're not, where you can download a BSO door canvas. We're going door to door with BSO. What do we say when we get to the door? Well, there's the canvas there, and we're going to update all this stuff. Um, personal request training sheet. An invite letter, if you want to send out a letter, logo stuff, all the new logo stuff will be here so you can download it, you can make your own t-shirts, you can make your own graphics. I mean, the fact of the matter is we went to a t-shirt company up in Mount Pleasant and gave them the logo. You could do the same thing. We're actually working on having an Instacart where you can, is that what they call it? No, 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 Instacart is the grocery shopping. Shopify, where you can just go and we'll have the, they'll have the logo and we'll have a we're going to choose a certain number of things where you could get a polo shirt and a hat and different kind of gear if you want that. Um, that would be separate. But you could have, you could get the graphics, name badge things. This is all the kind of resources that you can download that aren't going to cost you anything. Where this is going to be the store. Well, you know, one of the things we're working several of these things come up that I've noticed is that like language on something, or why is it called that, or what could be collected, organized a little bit differently to be clear. Those are the very things we're working on in these coming weeks as we make the final things. Like, should it be called a store, or should we call it resources? Well, what if it's free? Should it be catalog? Should it be checkout? So organizing this kind of stuff is one of the things. But basically, as you said, there's going to be free things that you download. Then there's going to be paid things like the study guides themselves, and certain resources we'll order through that we have bulk a collection of uh, storage and they'll be shipped out and then they'll be the reason with the Shopify thing because people are like well what about a hat what about a shirt what about this well we can't stockpile and keep right. an inventory of all those kind of things so instead of picking one shirt and buying a billion of them we'll say like here's a whole bunch of different items that you can personalize and then you can order those directly for your context so there's the bulk there's the, all the free things there's the things everybody shares that we do inventory and then there's the personalized items that'll have its own Shopify store. So for other miscellaneous merchandise and gear. Anyway, and how it's going to be on the page, whether it's called resources or catalog or checkout, whatever, we're working on that right now. All right. Now, moving along. I wish we had more time. We, we do not. And I, what I want to, so I, I'm going to kind of leave this here and I want to transition. Obviously, as I mentioned, there is going to be more to train on the site. The main thing I want you to get is the front side of the site is pretty straightforward. You got three study options. As soon as a person makes that study option, that goes to your study request list. As a coordinator, the, what you're mostly going to use is this stuff right here on the top. You can look at, you can go into that My Churches section if you want to modify your study or the people in your church actively involved. But the, for the most part, you're going to go look at your study requests, you're going to order material from the store, or you're going to download a resource. And that's the general idea. And obviously there are things there that you saw that are not working the way we want them to work yet. Um, we are still in that process. But I would like to shift gears because the title of today's presentation is From Click to Christ. And 
I need to figure out, hold on just a second, how to get my presentation up on the screen. By the way, Cameron loves when this kind of stuff happens because he's a, he really is not a fan of technology. And I always try to defend it. And so anytime like this stuff happens, he's like, ah, I told you, it never works. <laughs> All right. So. It's be more rare than it is. Like every single time it breaks down. It's okay. It's all right. So what I want to do in our remainder of our time here is talk about getting, what I want to say, having better results with Bible study offer. Now, Cameron's touched on this a little bit. Uh, I heard, you know, I know he touched on it a little bit yesterday and actually the day before. I'm going to put that there. But we looked at a statement. I'm going to build on this statement we looked at the other day. Gospel Workers, page 200. Ellen White says here, Let ministers teach church members that in order to grow in spirituality, they must carry the burden that the Lord has laid upon them. The burden of what? Now, we talked about that language, leading souls into the truth. In a remainder of our time, I want to talk about what it means to lead somebody into the truth. And I made the point the other day, this is not giving a tract to somebody. We're all about giving tracts to somebody. This isn't giving somebody a drink of water and helping somebody with a loaf of bread and doing whatever. That's all good stuff, and I'm not knocking it, but you can't call that leading into the truth. It's a part of the process, but leading into the truth implies something that's taking some time to do. Okay. Now, I put some other statements with this to get some clarity. This is found in Notes and Letters, Volume 1, page 127. It's very similar, you'll see. Let ministers and responsible men impress the individual members of the church that in order to grow in spirituality, they must take the burden of work, of the work which the Lord has laid upon them, the burden of leading souls into the truth. Okay? You'll see that's just virtually the same thing here. To carry the burden that the Lord has laid upon them, the burden of leading souls into the truth. Same phraseology. Then she goes on to say, let them teach the people that they should have a strong desire to see those not in the faith. What's she talking about there? Now you could say, oh, non-Christians, perhaps. But what do you think Ellen White's referring to there? Non-Seventh-day Adventists. Okay, you'll see this in the next statement. In other words, leading souls into the truth, I'll say it up front and I'll, I'll back it up with this, is not even just leading somebody to accept Christ. In her verbiage, this is leading somebody to become a part of the Seventh-day Adventist church which is, in our understanding, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. That's what it means to lead somebody to Christ. If I'm leading somebody to Christ, but they're not following the teachings of Christ, did I really lead them to Christ? Now, I know people argue this today. They're like, well, it's not about being in the church. No, it's not about being in the church necessarily, but it is Christ's church. And you can't separate the two, which we always try to do. So she says, let them, uh, and this is explaining leading souls into the truth. Let them teach the people that they should have a strong desire to see those not in the faith, the people being us. We should have a strong desire to see those not in the faith converted to the truth. Now, another thing that helps to clarify this one, the next statement says, Testimonies of the Church, volume 9, page 83, our greatest burden should be not the raising of money, <laughs> there's a whole sermon in that, but the salvation of souls. And to this end, we should do all in our power to teach students, so here she's talking about our young people, how to lead souls to a knowledge of the third angel's message. Notice, 
When we are successful in the work of soul saving, those who are added to the faith will in turn use their ability in giving the truth to others. So leading others into the truth is leading somebody to understand and practice the truths that we hold as the biblical truths of the Seventh-day Adventists, the, the truths of the th third angel's message. And to lead somebody in that process is indeed a, a process. Now we can talk about the growth cycle and that kind of thing, and I'm going to walk through it just briefly here. How to lead souls into the truth, okay? This is not just giving Bible studies. So when I read that statement from gospel workers that, you know, the ministers need to teach the people to carry the burden that the Lord has laid upon them, the burden of leading souls into the truth, I think that points to Bible studies. I don't think it only points to Bible studies because it's pointing to a process that includes Bible studies. So, for example, number one, the first thing we have to do if we're going to lead a person, remember Christ's method? He mingled with men as one desire, who desired their good. He showed his sympathy to them, ministered to their needs, and did what? Won their confidence. Those are our first two points. You've got to start by being a friend to somebody. Now, let me just interject this. <laughs> the Lord brings people, you know, just because you didn't build a long relationship with somebody and get them up to a certain point and win their confidence doesn't mean that somebody else didn't. You've met people that just show up at your church and it's like, hey, I've been watching online, I listen to Strong Tower, whatever else, where's the baptistry, right? Well, you didn't do the work, but somebody else did. And so this, they go through this process, but they may not go all the way through this process with you. There might be people incrementally. Okay. But you've got to start by building that friendship base because that's what helps to win the confidence of your friends. But once you've won their confidence, the reason you're doing that is so you can find an avenue to share spiritual truths. And people, I've had people say, that's bait and switch. Man, you're telling people you want to be their friends, and you're just trying to get them into the church. No, it's just that Seventh-day Adventists believe in longer-term friendships. Right? I don't just want you to be my friend here. I'm planning on living a whole lot longer in a better place, and I want you to be there. So the next step is to pray and look for opportunities to introduce spiritual things. And sooner or, later, sooner or later, by the grace of God, this leads to that opportunity for you to just ask them if they're interested in studies. Now, they may say no, and they may say yes. And there are people who say yes that later change their mind and all this. And I want to talk about that in a minute because, to me, that's at the crux of this whole thing. This is all almost review. I really, this is where I want to get into it here. Number five, you're going to have people who will say yes. You're going to have people who walk up to you and see your t-shirt at the thrift store and say, hey, I want Bible studies. Begin studying the Bible with them. Folks, that's really just the beginning of much of what we're talking about. We're leading souls into the truth. So we're sitting down and giving Bible studies. Now, I've had, I've been in evangelistic training for years, so I hear this a lot of times, and I don't under, understand why there's got to be so much kickback from church members. I think they're trying to balance me out or something. I don't know. It's like, Pastor, you can't just sit down and give Bible studies to people. you got to love people. And the first thing that that tells me when somebody tells me that is, you don't give many Bible studies, do you? A lot of people that have the most to say about soul winning do the least of it. Because if you've ever given personal Bible studies, 
you can't help but become a very close friend to a person you're there. I'm going to tell you that, especially in this generation, you know what communicates care more than anything else? Time. Time with people. You're taking an hour just to sit down. The time you drive over and over, every week with somebody, that communicates, that communicates care like nothing else. And then you're talking about things in that context that are weighty things. They're not just those kind of superficial things. And those types of things, and those of you who have either, either, either received studies or given studies or both, know that that builds a level of friendship and care and love and trust that nothing else does. And so as you begin to study the Bible with people, something that happens in the context is, or should be happening, is that you're going to be offering practical testimonies and suggestions. If I'm giving a Bible study and we come upon some, I mean, whatever topic it is, I may be sharing, you know, I remember when I first learned this, or, you know, I'm going to be sharing personal experiences. Let's say we're talking about the Sabbath, and I'll say, I remember when I first learned about the Sabbath, I wasn't quite sure what to do. I thought, man, how am I going to keep a Sabbath? I work on Saturdays, et cetera, et cetera, which I did. So I'm going to share practical testimonies. And when I do that, that, that again, builds that personal level of relationship between the two of us. And I'm also going to give them suggestions in the study. So I'm not just going to read through question, answer, question, answer. Okay, great. It was a great time. Close my Bible. Go. Giving personal Bible studies, you're, you're taking that information and you're personalizing it. The Bible says about Jesus that the Word became flesh. That's what you're doing in the Bible study. You're a living, breathing person in real life who is trying to live out the things you're sharing. And that's a huge part of those Bible studies. So you're going to be offering practical testimonies and suggestions through that study series and beyond. Because I'm going to tell you right now, well, this is getting into the next piece. Just because you went through Lesson 24 with the person doesn't mean they're going to join your church right now or even come to your church right now. But that doesn't mean you failed something, so hold on to that. But you're going to be, you're, you have built, through this process, you will have built a relationship with people that gives you credibility to them for years afterwards that you don't even half realize. Okay, so number seven, you're going to accompany them to church events. Now, they may not come, but if you, I, I would put, just for sake of space, I put a company because it kind of implies you're going to invite them. But I didn't put invite to church events because I hate to say it, but I know church members who will invite people to events, but then they don't go to the events. <laughs> invite them and go with them. And the idea is I'm giving practical, practical testimonies and suggestions about the things we're studying. Why? Because I'm leading them into the truth. For them to learn stuff here is not the same as me trying to help them see what it looks like. So I'm offering those practical suggestions. I'm accompanying them, inviting them, and going with them places so they get to see what it's like for a church member, how you, and what are the, what things are out there, what things they can go to when they're meeting other people in the church. Because if I accompany them to prayer meeting, I introduce them to the other people in prayer meeting, that kind of thing. And all of these, these are the little pieces that are leading the person into the truth. It isn't something you can just do in an afternoon. Lead somebody into the truth. Number eight, be available for advice and counsel. How many of you received Bible studies before you came into the church? 
Anybody here receive Bible studies? When you were getting Bible studies, were you just like, okay, next week there's a study and you had no questions between now and then? Or did you ever have something you needed to contact the person studying with you? Like, I've got a family member who just, I was telling them what I learned and they're telling me this is all heresy. <laughs> I've had people do that. You've got to be accessible. You've got to be, sometimes it's just them trying to practice what they learned. So you study health and they're convicted. Then they say, I'm going to make some changes this week. And I'm cleaning all the bacon out of the freezer and the refrigerator. And then midweek, they're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I went by McDonald's. I was craving a, I caved, you know, and I had a sausage, egg, and biscuit sandwich, and, or a bacon, egg, and your bacon, cheese. And they need to talk to somebody. Isn't that True, isn't that what happens when a person begins to practice the truth? They need somebody to help them in a practice. This is what it means to lead somebody into the truth. That can't happen without the Bible study process, which is why I brought that up. Okay, there went my... It's all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this way. You know, I told you to be prepared the other way. That's what has to happen. So you've got to... Uh, let me find my next thing. Where was I? i got to find it on my notes now because I don't have it on my screen. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, thank you. Feed, so, now, I've had a couple people ask me this week. When it comes to giving Bible studies, a lot of times people want more than they're ready for. So they'll be like, oh, can you, Cameron, why don't you go ahead and turn the lights on? And so they'll say... Um, you know, oh, let's study two lessons a week. Let's study three. Here's the challenge with that. Now, some people have done that, and you can hear their testimonies, and it worked out okay, but here's the challenge with that. Learning the truth and being led into the truth includes practicing the truth. And just because you heard a lot of stuff doesn't mean you practiced a lot of stuff. It takes time to implement it. Even once a week is a lot of time, which is why I say you may come to the end of the study series and they're not making a, they're not joining the church yet. Don't get discouraged. People have to assimilate to the truth. It takes time to do that. And so feed them slowly. Don't try to cram everything all at once. And some of us have done that. The Lord's not holding you guilty. I'm going to tell you, I've done plenty of that in my experience. The Lord has a way of helping people hear what they needed to hear and not hear other stuff. Don't I, I know a lot of church members are like, I messed it up so bad, I'm never going to do it again. Well, listen, now that's the devil talking. He's the one telling you to never do it again. The Lord will work through whatever you did and did wrong, but you want to feed them slowly. Give them a little information. Let them begin to practice it. And, and in that context, you're helping them with that practical advice. But you get the idea. You're and then pray often was last but not least. I was just reading a statement this morning where Ellen White said it doesn't matter how powerful a speaker is, how eloquent or anything else. She says the reason we see so little conversion among our people is we have so little power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be praying for the Holy Spirit. You get the Holy Spirit's power, it doesn't matter how uh, klutzy you are in sharing the truth. This, the, the Spirit of the Lord will bring about the results. And so... Um, all of this, I'm, I'm wanting you to understand, means to lead souls into the truth, which we're told in inspiration that me as a minister, I'm to teach you as a church member that this is the way we grow. We all grow, not just the people in this room. 
And then the other people in your church, they're fine some other way. This is the way God ordained we should grow, is by leading souls into the truth. There's a reason he gave us a part in this work, but it's a process, and it's a self-sacrificing process that takes time. Now, I want to finish up. I don't have time. I, I apologize. I don't have time for questions because I have like eight minutes. I do have plenty of time afterwards. You can come afterwards and I'll answer your questions. But I want this last part is so important to me and it has to do with false expectations because I think one of the main hindrances from Seventh-day Adventist church members giving studies, of course we worry, I don't know enough and this, that, and the other, and there are other, and I've done seminars on that. But many of us, have an idea of what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to work, and it doesn't work that way, and we think we did something wrong. So let me just start out by saying, with Bible Study Offer, we made a special deal with um, Landmarks of Prophecy, with Amazing Facts, and with It Is Written, so that instead of getting a box of lessons 1 through 24, we could get a whole bunch of number ones. Why? Now listen to me, folks, because we know we're going to use a lot more number ones than we do number tens. We, not you, not you, because you did it wrong. We, whoever's doing it, the most polished pastor and speaker, going to have a lot of number ones because people, you go through, a lot of people say, yeah, I want to study, and then they just don't follow through. Okay? When that happens to you personally, you think you did something wrong, and you're like, I can't do it anymore because no, I'm just I'm I'm not hitting the right buttons or something, and that's not the case. Cameron had shared the other day about the parable of the sower. What percentage of success did the sower have? I had this on the screen from Christ Object Lessons, page 33, by the parable of the sower. Christ illustrates the things of the kingdom of heaven. And the work of the great husbandman, capital H, for his people. Like, listen carefully, like a sower in the field, he, capital H, came to scatter the heavenly grain of truth. Who's the he in the parable of the sower? Who's the sower who only got 25%? Christ himself. So, uh, I went out and I had 10 people request studies and I got three of them. Three of them came through. You just did better than Jesus in the parable of the sower. He only got two out of ten. And so we get these expectations, and they set us up for failure. Now listen, there are so many variables for why or why not when people when it comes to Bible studies, why a person sticks with them or doesn't stick with them. I mean... There's their expectation. There's your expectations. There's what happens in their lives. In fact, somebody came to camp meeting this year. My understanding was this is the first time they're not Adventists. They've been studying with Adventists. They were invited to camp meeting. They came. They were enjoying it. And then the person's spouse had an accident this week that they had to rush home for. Well, that was no accident. I'm going to tell you it's no accident. There are all kinds of variables that take place. You can't take credit for those. <laughs> Even Jesus had that 25. What about the rich young ruler? The man went away sorrowful from Jesus. What did Jesus do wrong? And so, in, in fact, just to clarify something, Desire of Ages 5.20 says of the rich young ruler, he refused the offer of eternal life and went away and ever after 
the world was to receive his worship. He turned his back on, and it, this was on Christ. So we can't take that all to our, all that credit to ourselves when somebody, we, Bible study offer, I went to the door and the person isn't interested. Pastor Cameron shared an excellent statement about the quickness of response. I'm going to tell you that, uh, let me tell you a quick story here. There was a Baptist minister by the name of Eli Maldonado. He became a Seventh-day Adventist minister. That's the exciting part of the story. He was going through a series of Bible studies. Adventist Bible studies came to the one on the Sabbath, filled out the little part on the lesson study, and you're supposed to mail it in. And he checked, I'd like a visit. I'd like to talk, visit about this. You know, as a Baptist minister, he thought, yeah, I mean, you know, I had some questions, whatever else. As soon as he put that thing in the, you know, dropped it in a big blue mailbox. As soon as he put that thing in the mailbox, he thought about how he could get it back out. As soon as it went in, he was thinking, what have I done? And he wrestled with it for 10 or 15 minutes, standing there by the box, like, how can I get that thing back out of there? Should I wait here? Maybe the mailman comes again. And then he started thinking, well, you know what? I mean, honestly, that ministry probably gets a whole bunch of these things. Nobody's ever going to get thrown away or no, filed 13, you know, and... Well, anyway, apparently that study request came to Pastor Finley, Mark Finley, who happened to be in the area, I think this was down in Florida, doing a, an evangelistic series, and he went to visit the man. <laughs> and the long story short, that man became a Seventh-day Adventist, but I want you to get this part of the story. As soon as he put that in the mailbox, the devil was there telling him, why'd you do that? As soon as that person clicks send on Bible study offer, the devil is saying, why'd you do that? Don't sit there, don't go to the door and say, yeah, they're not interested. I don't care what their attitude when they come to the door, they asked for it, and a person doesn't just ask for Bible studies. And so when I go to that door, I'm going to work that interest. I'm going to do everything I can to get a Bible study in their hand. Now, long story short, they may say no to it, but even... And you need to understand this. Even your presence at that door is going to stay with them long after you're gone. It might be a month later, years later, where they said, there's that person that came by. And that's going to stick with them. The Holy Spirit won't let that go. There's got... The work of soul winning is really a, a work of faith. We really are trusting that the Lord is going to use us to win souls. And it's not based on what we see. Ecclesiastes 11.6, I'm going to go just a hair over, but you'll forgive me. If you don't, it's the last day of this seminar, so we're all going to be fine with it. <laughs> just a few. Like Ecclesiastes 11, I want to share a couple passages just briefly. I'd love to say so much more on this, but I think you get the gist of it. We take too much credit to ourselves on these things that we shouldn't, and that is... I messed it up. I ruined it. It's fail. I'm a failure. They're not interested in whatever else. We can't think that way. Ecclesiastes 11. Now listen to what it says here in verse... Oh, wrong place. Verse 4. The Bible says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Now it's talking about planting and harvesting, but it's also talking about circumstances, and it's talking about a person looking at the circumstances and the Bible's saying, it puts it, well, let me get to the spiritual application. Verse 5, as you do not know what is the way of the wind, 
or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper. This is the Lord talking to you and me. You don't know what's going to work. You do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Just go out and sow the seed. Just go out and sow the seed. You don't know what's going to work. You leave that with me. This is what the Lord's saying. He starts out, he observes the clouds and the wind. We're always observing things because we think we know. And we're looking at this person would never be interested. This person would never be interested. This person might be interested. Who knows? You don't know. The Lord knows. Go sow the seed. That's what he's telling us. You sow the seed, and I will bring you a harvest. Ellen White says in the book Christ, I'm going to finish with that. I want to look at one more. One more passage, Galatians 6, 9. Now this passage is speaking, I think, in the context about character development, but it works here, sowing and reaping equally well. They kind of both go together. It's one little verse, but I want you to notice what it says, Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we might reap. We will reap. We shall reap. What's the difference? One is uncertain, the other is assured, right? In due season, now I like to point this out, due season, there is one time that I know due season can't be, and that time is now. Due season implies it's some other time than now. Isn't that right? When do we want results? We always want results now. God says, in due season, you not might reap, you shall reap. There's going to be a harvest, but you've got to be patient. James talks about the husbandman and his patience and waiting for the rain, the early rain and the latter rain and the harvest to come. We've got to be patient and trustful of the Lord and do our part. Sow that seed. Paul says, don't grow weary while doing good. Go out there. Try to awaken spiritual interests and give Bible studies. And some of you say, I've given Bible studies and they go through two or three and then they quit. And so I messed it up. You didn't mess it up. Maybe they got in those studies and they started counting the cost of what it's going to be for them to follow Christ. And they said, no, and I've known many people like this as a Seventh-day Adventist minister. I know a young lady that I baptized who, who went to, no, 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 she didn't go to the evangelistic meeting. Some friends went to an evangelistic meeting and got videotapes from it. That, it was videotapes. They're watching the videotapes together and they're all, oh, this is great, 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 until they come to the Sabbath. She sees the one on the Sabbath and says, this is too much for me. I can't do that. And leaves. Okay, now they're doing this as a little study. Like, they're not even Adventists. They went to an Adventist meeting. They're watching the videotape. She's gone. A year, two years. Two years go by. I did an evangelistic series. And she came back. She just was bothered by that whole thing. Of course, the Sabbath comes up again. But this time, she made her decision for it two years Amen. later. I'm just saying, we don't know what's going to prosper this or that. So maybe they stop doing studies with you, and a year later they're going to start with somebody else. I say, praise the Lord. And it started because you were willing. Don't grow weary while doing good. In due season we shall reap, except that last little part, if we do not lose heart. What's another way of saying that? Some translations say it, I think. Give up, get discouraged, right? You think the devil knows that? Like, here's the only way we can fail, giving up. 
What, is it, what do you think the devil's going to try to get us to do? Yeah. Give up. Look, don't give up. Go out there. Don't grow weary doing good. Sow the seed. Trust the results with the Lord. You're going to have BSO interest. They clicked on it. And you're going to go to the door and you try as you may. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm not interested anymore. Okay, well, keep praying for them and move on. You're going to get other interests coming in. The Lord's going to continue working on those souls. You're going to have others who say, yeah, I'll study, and they study two or three times, and then they drop off. That's to be expected. And then there are others who are longingly looking for heaven. And I'm not to say those other ones are lost. The Lord's still working on them. Maybe some of you sitting here are some of those people who turn, you know, not, yeah, I quit, and then came back and came back. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I want to finish with this statement from, oh, yeah, one more thing before I do that. Elder Bradshaw was preaching the other night. I was telling Cameron, I just love this point. He made the point that somebody was saying, you know, he says he hears churches like, we're not going to do an evangelistic meeting anymore because it costs so much money. And the last time we had all that, spent all that money, we only got two people. So we haven't done evangelism in 10 years. Did anybody remember hearing that yeah. example from him? It's like, so you didn't do anything in 10 years, right? What would happen if you had done something for every one of the years of 10 years? You'd have 22 new people now who would be paying tithes and offerings. And incidentally, somebody had a rich uncle that they witnessed to and somebody had something else. And exponentially, the work is going to grow and God's going to take, God will take care of his work if we do the part he's called us to do. It is ludicrous for us. And incidentally, all heaven was rejoicing over one soul that repented. And we should have been as well. Same thing with Bible study offer. Okay, so you didn't get all the results you thought. You didn't get as many interests this time as you thought. Keep at it. And God is going to prosper the work because it's his work. Paul tells in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, if we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. Got to sow a lot to reap a lot. It's just how it works. Now I'm going to finish with this statement. And then we will, we will be done. This is from Christ Object Lessons, one of my favorite statements, page 363. It says, when we give ourselves wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, completely, to God and in our work follow his directions, we do the best to do what he's called us to do. He makes himself responsible for its accomplishment. Isn't that incredible? He would not have us conjecture as to the success of our honest endeavors. What does it mean to conjecture? I wonder if this is going to work or not. I wonder whether or not this is worth it. He wouldn't have us conjecture as to the success, success of our honest endeavors. Not once should we even think of failure. We are to cooperate with one who knows no failure. You look through scripture at the way the Lord has won the, the, the most unlikely people. Lord wasn't alarmed. Look at, the, look at Saul of Tarsus. Not one of us in this room would have said, yeah, that guy right there. He's going to be a good leader in the church. God said, I know how to work this out. We should not talk of our own weakness and inability. This is a manifest distrust of God and a denial of his word. Look, the Lord has called us, and the Lord will enable us to do what he's called us to do. I want to thank you guys so much for being here and being willing to do it. This is where we hear about it, and then we go and put it into action. 
at home, and the Lord is going to bless us, folks. We don't have much time. And I told somebody the other day, let me tell you something else. If, if we started facing in this world now what they're facing in Russia and Ukraine, there'd be a lot more people asking for Bible studies. And I don't know that it's far off before something like that hits this country. And you may be like, I'm just going out and following up and all these people are saying no, but it just may be that the Lord's preparing you to be the boots on the ground when they start saying yes. God is in charge. Nothing is lost. Keep faithful and the Lord's going to win souls and he's going to do it through you and me. Amen? Let's pray together. Oh, are you going to add something before we pray? It's either before or after. You choose. After. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you so much for, again, for this uh, blessing of the time we have together here at camp meeting. I do want to pray, Lord, for your spirit to move upon this campground through the remainder of this camp meeting. Lord, may your spirit be poured out upon us, and we pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to respond. Bless each one here as they go to their home churches and put into practice the things we've been talking about here uh, and continue to labor for souls. May it be, their labors be crowned with success because they trust in you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 22 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcasts.